You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 150, Lisa Kohut and Clarity Through Surrender. Friends, welcome to Halfway There. This is the show, of course, where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I am thrilled that you are here because it means that you're looking for something or you want to hear a great story or you just want to know that God is active. I have a story like that for you today. Um, that's what I love most about podcasting and getting to hear all of these stories is knowing that God is working in other people's lives all the time, over and over and over again, uh, gives me a constant source of encouragement. And sometimes I'll just sit around and go, wow, remember that time when so-and-so told me that story? And uh, it'll encourage me when I'm when I'm feeling down. Um, and I'm sure that uh, hopefully that happens for each of you. Well, this is a special episode, my friends, because this is episode number 150. I can't believe that. Uh it was just three years ago that we launched the show, and right about this time, we had, let's see, what is it, the end of July 2019, so in July 2016 would have been, we would have had probably, I don't know, eight episodes out or something, that was, that was it, and was just kind of wondering, when am I going to get the first thousand downloads, probably right around this time. Uh, three years ago. So that was, that's just kind of a special thing. I've been reflecting a lot on that three years ago. I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know um, how to network or how to, how to meet amazing people like you're going to hear today. Uh, now um, I do. So, and it's all to you. Thanks to you guys. So thanks for listening, downloading. I appreciate that. So what I wanted to do for you is to do a giveaway. I want to offer, I'm going to, we're going to give away a free halfway there t-shirt. So if you, um, here's how, to, how, here's how you enter. Okay. Uh, I want you to go out to the Facebook page for halfway there podcast. Just go to Facebook, search up halfway there podcast, this episode, which will be episode number 150. You'll see the show art. You'll see the title. This is, uh, our guest today is Lisa Kohut, and the episode's called Clarity Through Surrender. It'll be Lisa Kohut and Clarity Through Surrender. You'll see it there on the page. And what I want you to do is, if you haven't already, like our Facebook page, and then uh, go ahead and comment on that episode. Whether you've listened to it or not, if this is all the further you've gotten, that's okay. Just comment on it and say anything. Just say, say hey, Eric, thanks for the show, or whatever you want to say. It doesn't particularly matter, but but only people who both like it, like the page, and comment on this episode on our Halfway There podcast will be entered into um, these uh, this drawing, okay? And I'm going to give away one t-shirt to somebody um, out of those. So we'll do a random drawing, and um, I'll get in touch with you, and then we'll get that out to you. You can choose the color, choose the size, everything, so don't worry about that. Um, just go ahead and go out to Facebook, hit the uh, Halfway There podcast page. All right. If that's clear, I hope it is. Halfway There podcast page on Facebook. Comment, like the page, comment on the uh, episode number 150 thread, and uh, you'll be entered to win a free T-shirt. Now, here's when you have to do it by, because you always got to have a deadline. So the deadline is going to be, let's say, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, because I'm in Denver, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, on Friday, and that is going to be Friday, July 26th, okay? Friday, July 26th, 2019. So if you're listening to this at some point in the future, you missed this uh, this this giveaway, but never fear because I plan to do this a lot more often. So hopefully um, you just stay tuned, stick around if, if you're listening in the future. But if you're listening this week, you're one of those faithful listeners, one of those people who jumps in, downloads, and goes for it. This is for you. So this week, uh, between July 22nd, 2019 and July 26th at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, July 26th, uh, this year, 2019. Uh, I don't know why I can't say a date. That's weird. All right. Uh, if you, as long as you enter this week by before Friday, you will be able to be in the drawing for a free halfway there t-shirt. I'll ship it to you and everything. Okay. 
That's probably clear as mud. That's my specialty, I guess, today. Today, our guest, though, is really great. Interesting story. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've been having some people with a bit more of a charismatic bent, um, partly because I'm exploring that in in some ways, not some weird ways. Uh, Don't get worried, but... Um, I just feel like God God speaks to us, and there's more, there's other traditions out there um, in the charismatic realm that um, I'm interested in, definitely interested in. I want to know more of God. I want to know more of His heart. I want to experience that. Uh, so this, is, this conversation is definitely in that vein. Uh, Lisa is a great um, uh, person. She's a faith-based counselor and psychologist. Uh, she shares some stories about how she surrendered to God so and how she gained clarity through that. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Let's play that. This is a, my conversation with Lisa Kohut. Lisa Kohut and Clarity Through Surrender. Lisa, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you. Glad to be here. Welcome to Halfway There. So we're going to dive into your story. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and where God has you right now. Hmm. Okay, well, um, right, who am I? I am, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm Lisa. I'm a faith-based um, counselor psychologist. I'm in the Mundelein, um well, actually, my, my office, I have, I have a private practice. And so my private practice is in Long Grove and Mount Prospect area of Illinois. Um, and so I do that. Uh, that's kind of a full, that's a pretty much a full time. I also uh, have a ministry, uh, called Holy Spirit Camp, uh, having fun with that. Basically what that is, is, uh, that's where, uh, there's, we formulate groups, small groups of people, um, at five weeks, take them through five weeks of really interacting with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, acknowledging Holy Spirit as and, and relationship and how to have relationship with Holy Spirit, and also interacting with one another in the gifts. Uh, so at, at we also meet once a month as a larger group, so anybody, everyone and anyone's invited to that. And that's just, again, where we just really organically just interact um, with Holy Spirit and just follow, follow the leading. So um, that's uh, the other, <clears throat> excuse me, and the other thing that I've just recently started, <clears throat> done a couple of pilots, but um, is called the School of Peace and Connection. That goes with um, the recent book that I recently, um, that's been recently published, self-publishing through Kindle, on healing connections. And basically what that is, it's an eight-week group where we are walking through principles that Holy Spirit revealed that are connected to healing and connection. And so um, that's been really, really fun as well. I've been seeing a lot of fruit from that. So those oh, yeah. are, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. That's wow. kind of a summary. I love that because part of bringing the kingdom of God to bear on those around us is healing. Healing is really a big part of what Jesus did. And when he was asked you know, are you the one we should look for? He said, well, look around the blind, see the, you know, the, uh, the lame walk and, and, you know, uh, so healing was kind of how he even defined the kingdom of God. So I, I love that. I think that's really great. I can't wait to hear more about why that's important for you and, and how you got to this point. God leads in interesting ways. I'm sure we'll hear, we'll hear those stories. So let's go back where, now you said you're in the Chicagoland area. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, and uh, which is great. So, did you grow up there? How? Where? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Ohio, actually. Ah. So, so now I've been in the Chicago land area for around fifteen years. About fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, when um, you were, yeah, when you're growing up, what was the spiritual climate like? What was that? Uh, what was that like? Did you grow up in a Christian family or not? Or no, you know, I did not grow up in. Um, and not that my family was, you know, they, my parents were not anti-Christian, but they weren't, um, neither my mom nor my dad were, um, church attenders or what I would call, um, Christians as far as relationship. But my mom, my, my 
maternal grandfather, my mom's dad, he was a, a very strict minister. And so um, my mom decided that she wasn't doing that and she wasn't going to force that on us. And so, so really they, they left, they, they gave us freedom in that area and left that up to us. And so um, I was always drawn in some way to that. I was drawn to people who, who believed, who, who wanted more of that. And, and so I end up that, you know, he found me, but yeah. um, just in leading me, I, I connected with friends who, you know, they went to church with their sisters or, you know, and, and would go to church with friends and, and just kind of came to a place. I knew, I always knew that there was something that, that there was a God and, but I didn't really have an encounter experience until, until later. Yeah. Okay. So, well, how did that happen for you? What, what, um, so you started going to church with some friends, things like that. How did you give your life to Christ? Well, you know, I, I gave it, I don't, I wouldn't say that I knew exactly what I was doing. Probably in middle school when I was, you know, when I was attending church with a friend and they, they had the altar call and I did that. Um, I don't, I don't know that I would say I necessarily understood um, or um, what exactly I was doing at that point. But, sure. um, but I knew that I wanted something more, but I didn't, I didn't know exactly what that was. So I would, what that turned into was me going to church and uh, um, me going to church usually on Sundays and, and uh, believing that there was something more, but really kind of, living Christianity intellectually more, uh, having the head knowledge of it, wanting the messages until, uh, until I met a coworker who ended up being a good friend of mine, uh, that was, um, who was really operating in the gifts and in ways that I've never seen before nor heard of. Yeah. So she was, she was, she was just very, uh, she was, operating all the gifts. She was praying in tongues. She was interpreting and just powerful prayer warrior. And so I decided, I want that. That, that, <laughs> I, I want that. There is more. Um, and so at that point, I started pursuing that, start praying and fasting and just really seeking God and saying, um, I want to experience you. I want to know that I know that I know that, that you're real. And so I asked, um, I was asking Holy Spirit to reveal himself. Wow. Um, and uh, doing some, some praying and fasting and just really pursuing that. Well, it's okay. What I love about that story is I think that might be one of the most powerful prayers out there, right? One the, that you can pray is to ask God to reveal himself to you. I, I will never forget um, just to be a little self-referential, the second interview I did was with um, a guy named Ian Bradbeer, who I had met on this weird chance thing. It was my first notion of, oh, um, starting a podcast, I'm going to network with lots of people I didn't expect to meet. And um, he he had prayed this prayer. He said, God, I I want everything. Like, I want everything of, of who you are. And you reminded me of that. That was episode number two. So, friends, if you want to go back and find it, you can. Um, but it totally, it totally blew me away. So I hear that same thing coming from you. I wanted to experience all of who God was and I wanted to experience what, what it meant to, to know him. I mean, that, that says something about your heart and who you are. So why do you think that was so attractive to you? Yeah. Well, I think I just, if there, I didn't want to, and that's just that's kind of how I am. It's like, okay. I don't want to hold back. And just as you said, it was like, I was like, I want it all, whatever you have for me. So once I realized that there was more, um, I was like, okay, I'm not settling then <laughs> for the crumbs. I don't, I don't just want that. I want it all, anything and everything that you have. Um, and so it, it was just, it was just, um, uh, I guess, exciting to me. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting to know, to know that, wow, there is more and to know, wow, I can't experience him. Um, I, I can uh, experience 
him. It doesn't just have to be an intellectual experience in my head or something that I know in my head, but nothing that I experienced in my heart. So it was just, it was exciting to know that, wow, I can, I can uh, have more. Yeah. So tell us a, a story about a time you experienced God that maybe, maybe even one of the early experiences you had that kind of brought this, you know, fullness of God into your life. Yeah. So this was in, um, it, it actually in June of 2000, I remember it very vividly. And, um, so again, I had been really just pursuing and it's been, it, it had been a little while just, and then I had a dream, uh, uh, in June of 2000, I, I woke up and I had a dream that I was pulling something out of my throat. Mm. And I, it was like, it kind of, it looked like fish. It was, and so, but I, when I woke up from that dream, I remember feeling startled and uh, not knowing what that meant, but knowing that, well, this, <laughs> what's going on? This, this means something. So I got down on my knees, uh, at that point and just prayed and said, God, please uh, reveal to me what this is. What reveal to me what you, what, what this is to me. Cause I knew it was something more, but I just didn't know what it was. And yeah. It, startled me. it was more and than just a dream. What's that? It was more than just a dream to you. You're like you, you yes, wanted to know exactly. what it meant. It more than a dream. So that very same evening, while I was talking on the phone to my friend who, who inspired me to pursue the more, uh, and we were talking on the phone and whenever we would have conversations, it was always me and her talking and also Holy Spirit. Like there's just always this, this three-way conversation. So while we're talking on the phone, uh, uh, I'm the Holy Spirit's telling me to yield. I mean, I'm speaking where I'm looking now. I'm part of what I was pursuing. Just so you know, when you this, I was pursuing the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all, all of the gifts, including um, the gift of supernatural languages or tongues. And so, uh, so he was telling, I was feeling the presence and sensing and knowing the presence was there and knew that that was like right there. Um, but, um, he's saying, telling me to yield. And I know what yield means. I knew what yield meant, but I, I didn't know what I needed to do. What what does that mean? Yield means to give way. It means to, to really, um, yeah, to, to give way to, to, to just to give in, in a sense. Just, it's, it's a, a form of surrendering. I, I think it's, so that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Um, and so, so, but I didn't know exactly, because from my perspective, my mind's like, well, I, I pursued this. I want this. So what else can I do to, I, I mean, from my perspective, I have yielded because I've been chasing <laughs> <laughs> and pursuing it. But then, I, I, again, this was Holy Spirit revealed to me, okay, get down in the most, get in the most humble position. And that was yielding. Because my heart wasn't as yielded as I thought it was. I was pursuing this. I wanted all this. But, I, but it was like my body needed to um, get in a yielded position so that my heart can follow and, and submit. So I got down on the floor on my face, and once I did that, this outpouring of the this, this, this tongue and the supernatural language came out of my mouth, and it really felt like a it felt like a it was a cathartic experience. It just felt like a soul cleansing, and it just poured out. It was just it felt beautiful, and in that moment, that was a powerful the most powerful encounter um, uh, at that point that I had. And um, I knew at that moment, I said, I know that I know that I know that you exist. Um, in that position, then he was revealing to me again, I was revealed what the dream was, which was I would be um, use, he would use the oracles, my mouth, my tongue to save, to draw uh, people. Fish can be symbolic of men. Mm-hmm. I had the, the from that point on. I was uh, understanding dreams um, wow. and uh, visions, and and from that point, nothing in my life has been the same. 
my life. That changed my life. Yeah. So that was really your moment of surrender. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Surrender. So, okay. So you, you do that and you, you mentioned that you've, you know, been able to interpret dreams and things. Do you, do you have an example of that? Like when you were, when you interpreted a dream, maybe for someone else or for yourself and how God used that? Yeah. Uh, so actually right after that, I, I went, to, it was like, I mean, and I, I really didn't put a sign on my head <laughs> that I interpret dreams, but it was really interesting because people just started coming and sharing dreams with me. And, and so <laughs> that's interesting. They would share dreams. Yeah. It just started happening. They would just start they'd share a dream. And then I would just get to have this revelation. You know, the way they share a dream, I did this, Oh, and, and they get a revelation about what, what the dream meant. I had not studied dreams at all. You know, my field is psychology, but I had not studied dreams at this point um, in any way. And so, um, so he, the Holy Spirit would, would give me not some deeper knowledge or understanding of what that dream was and, and even what was going on to some prophecy as well. So what was other things that may have been going on in their lives. And so they would look at me like, well, wait, how did you know that? And I'd be like, I don't, you know, that's the Holy Spirit because I have no idea. There was, there was things. And so, and so to this day I, I do, I, I, so that I got a website and I started just giving dreams away. It just, um, so practicing that way. And then now I do that for Kingdom Sending Center, but things like that would reveal. So one, one example of a friend of mine had a dream, uh, and, uh, and the dream, well, here's a, here's an example. This one, she had a dream that her hair, when she, she went to her hairdresser and her hair was curly and in the dream and she didn't like it. It was different, completely different to the way her hair normally is. And so, but with that curly hair came this really, she got this, there were these options of food that were different and really tasty. Now she had the choice in the dream of either keeping her hair different in that way or going back to the other way. And the other way, there was also, there was just like kind of this bland, she said she was like bland food that she kept the same way. So this dream, so that was basically the dream. Now the dream was revealing and what, what, um, Holy Spirit gave me understanding for her or was that this was about a choice that she had. She was at a point in her life where she had a choice. And the choice was whether she was going to get out of her comfort zone and do something different. And if she did, life would not feel boring anymore. So she was going through a period where life was feeling boring and life was feeling um, just kind of bland. Blah. Yeah. Because she was choosing familiarity. And so uh, she could continue to choose familiarity and stay there and life would continue to be, you know, boring or bland. Or she could choose something that was unfamiliar and uncomfortable, as we know, you know, uh, the unknown can be unfamiliar and uncomfortable. But it's also um, the way of adventure. And so, yeah, it's also the only way we grow, right? Exactly. We have to step into things that are unknown. Interesting. Okay, so I want to talk about this for just a second because, um, well, I believe what we read in Scripture, we see stories like Joseph or Daniel who are very good at interpreting dreams, and uh, yes. and they like they're sort of the archetypes, I guess we could say for for this kind of a ministry. Um, and we don't have any problem interpreting it there because we expect the supernatural there. But when we see it in real life today, it gets a little bit like I know a lot of people. Our first reaction is, "Okay, how do I trust that?" Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you kind of know that this is an interpretation from the Lord? How do you kind of wrestle with that? Because you, you know, for a lot of us like me, I was going to tell you why I'm asking the question. A lot of us. I grew up in a very evangelical context, um, more head and word based or Bible based, um, and less heart based, but I've always been sort of fascinated by these kinds of things. Cause I read this stuff in scripture, like I said. So 
I guess it, so. That question: well, How do you how do you kind of address those sort of concerns? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and 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 you're so right because it is there is there is skepticism I think in the body and the um in, in a lot of the church around this type of you know dream interpretation and and understandably so because there is there is also there there's different sources. Uh, right, dream interpretation, and, right? and there are some crazies. Um, so let's be honest, <laughs> right? What's that? There are some crazies. Yeah. There's there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want to, you know. So and so we, but here's the thing. I believe like one of the when I first started believing things like this, I was in seminary. I mean, maybe I had before, but I heard a story from a, a previous guest. He ended up being a guest, Tony Weeder, who came from Liberia, and he was teaching in a missions class that I was in. And he said um, that Muslims are having dreams of Jesus. And this is still going on. This is 10 years ago, but it's still happening yeah. today. Muslims are having dreams of Jesus. They're meeting Jesus in their dreams. And I'm like, I yeah. can't account for that. Like, oh, okay, must be Jesus. So anyway, sorry, I, I didn't mean to jump in there, but go, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, you're absolutely right. That's exactly. This, it's, this is a phenomenon that, that Muslims all over, um, there's, there's a couple of books out about it. Yeah. Muslims are having dreams. Jesus is showing up in the dreams of Muslims, and Muslims are coming to know Jesus because of those dreams. Um, uh, you know, the Bible says he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the, in the book of Joel, it talks about that, it's, it's, you know, young men will have dreams and, and old men will have visions. And right. That he would pour his spirit out on us, and his pouring, him pouring his spirit out on us includes those dreams. And I can't tell you. Eric, how many people who didn't believe when I, even when I used to work in the school with, um, I, I worked in the school with, uh, with adolescents, with teenagers and everybody has dream, everybody dreams. And so it was an, it was an awesome opportunity for me to, you know, rely on the Holy spirit, help people to understand the dreams. And then they would look at me like, how did you do that? And guess what? <laughs> I'd say, I did it with the Holy Spirit, um, the mind of Christ. Um, and so, but how, how, how do we do it? So for me, again, you said, what's the, what's the, how do we discern whether it's real and all that? Yeah. Cause um, I, I and, know that's a question a lot of people are going to have. Right. And, and really, so again, it's, I, I do, I, I do everything really in my life right now with partnership of, you know, with the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm constantly in communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But when I interpret a dream for anyone, I always tell them, I say, look, uh, because we all see in part and I do not claim to, to, uh, to be perfect at, at this or at anything, um, but I tell them that, look, the uh, Holy Spirit's guiding me on this, and that's where I'm going to get the information from. But you get to determine whether it's it's true, whether it's for you or not. And I encourage everyone, go pray and get confirmation. The Bible says out of the mouth, um, every word we confirm, but out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Yeah. They so say, go, ask Holy Spirit for confirmation for yourself. Uh, typically, they know, um, even right then, because whether it, it resonates with their spirit, they know whether, or, or it should be something that either is confirmation they've heard already in their own relationship, or something that comes to pass that, you know, so, so they would know. Um, so that's, that's really what, and I, and I, I also am very Bible-based in it. So the, the symbols, you know, I don't, there, there's different sources as far as symbols, but um, I'm, I'm, I use the biblical um, base for symbols. For example, you know, somebody dreams about fish, you know, well, that's, what, what's that symbolic of in the Bible? Uh, fish is symbolic of men, fishers, men who were fishing, right? Um, or or the, the miracles, the, five, the, the feeding of the, the five loaves and where they had fish, and the little boy had the two fish. So there's different. So the symbols are biblical and also I ask the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's really uh, what I would say in yeah. regards to how... Someone would know. So I like that. I like that a lot because I think one of the one of the 
places where people get troubled is, you know, when you say that you're interpreting this from the Holy Spirit, we want to ascribe complete and total authority to that. And what you're saying is, well, hey, go ahead, take it for what it's worth. If it resonates with you, great. Take it to prayer. Take it to the Lord and ask for yourself because he'll speak to you as well. We, I don't have to be the authority. You don't have to be the, the authority. And let exactly. him let him do it, and then take it to scripture and look through scripture. And what does it say? What is, you know, how is God speaking to you through that? And uh, so it's not it's not just a hey, listen to me, and I'm going to tell you to do, you know do something weird because we all see those people, and you know they sort of give give it a bad name. Yes, because it's really all about um, being directed back to the heart of God, anyway. Yeah, right. and that's the goal. Um, my goal is not to create dependence on me. Um, usually what dreams end up doing and the, un- the understanding of the dreams, they end up revealing God's heart towards people. Cause that's what I always ask when someone comes mm-hmm. to me, I do it on um, Friday nights as well for a, a ministry called the kingdom sending center. And uh, every other Friday, the second and fourth. And so the question I'm always asking the Holy spirit is, what is your heart? What does the heart of God want to reveal to this person in front of me about the dream or about anything? Um, and so, uh, so it might be when they come and they ask about a dream, it might be the interpretation or understanding of that dream, but it may not. But it's always something that's going to draw them. Sometimes it's he wants you to come and have a conversation with mm, him. Yeah. Um, or he here's a scripture that he wants you to go. So it's, it's really always drawing them to back to the heart. Um, of the Father God, and that's another way that we that we know, yeah. know that um, whether or not something is fruitful. Very good, very good. I love that. Okay, so let's go back into your story. Thanks for going on that little diversion with me because it's. Uh, I think it's fascinating. I 100% believe God speaks to people, uh, whether it's through dreams or just in listening prayer. I'm I'm learning. I think God's drawing me into a more intimate relationship with Him, where He's speaking, and I'm learning to just listen to that a little, you know, in the back of my mind. Um, and that's important. I think, I think it's part of growing mature in the faith. So, okay. Yeah. So you, you know, you kind of learned, we're learning how to do this, um, you know, going forward then what, like what happened or where, where did God kind of take you from there? Um, from there, um, it's been a, it's been a, a process a journey of, for, from there he took me to, developing uh, a relationship. And I won't say again, uh, I will, I will say this. I did run into some frustration initially when I received um, the, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or speaking in tongues. Uh, because one of the things that, that happened to me, and I think that that's probably a little common is that I didn't, because I didn't understand. So what first Corinthians 14. So it, I, I encourage anyone who's listening to, to read first Corinthians 14. And that's where it talks about some of the gifts and first Corinthians 12 as well. Uh, but uh, where it talks about the man, I call it manifestation because these are manifestations of the Holy spirit and tongues is one and tongues is considered a, a, the language that we're communicating directly to God. We're in our prayer language of it, in the, that aspect of it. We don't always understand unless, again, we have the interpretation. Yeah. When I first received it, I, I didn't understand what I was saying. So I was doing this, but I didn't understand. And I was in my head a lot. In my head, my mind wanted to and needed to understand. And, uh, and so because I wasn't understanding, even though and I know that I was praying what needed to be prayed. I wasn't understanding. And so I got a little frustrated and just stopped doing that for a little bit and said, I want to understand. I want to know. But then until I, I learned more about the power of it and then, and, and what was actually happening in that, I was like, well, my goodness, why wouldn't I want to be communicating directly to God? And even if I don't know, right. and then also I, I, I asked for interpretation, but, but in my prayer, private prayer, the prayer language. I don't need to know. So it was for me. It was a part of the yielding process of saying, "Okay, yielding." So that that day where he invited me to yield, it wasn't just for that day. 
mm-hmm. what he was telling me was that this is going to be yielding is going to be the, a continual process in your life. That is what is going to allow you to live the blessed life of yielding every part of you to the Holy Spirit, yielding your mind. So when I wanted to understand and I didn't understand, he said, Proverbs 3, 5, okay, yield your understanding and have faith, you know, in me. Yield your understanding, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. So I was, it was the beginning of yielding my mind and my own need to understand, yielding my tongue, my words that I speak, yielding my heart. So, uh, so it's been a progressive process of that and of developing this personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit yeah. where, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm the Holy Spirit and I are really tight and, and close. And so, uh, so a lot of people know that people who know me know that and come to me for, Hey, I need answers on this. Or I need, what should I do? And again, I'm not, I'm not other people's Holy Spirit, but I am definitely willing to help people to, you know, develop their own relationship because it's, it's an amazing life. Yeah. <laughs> and it is helpful to have friends like that, right? To know people who are just in tune with the Holy Spirit and, and listen maybe better than you do, right? Like that's, um, yeah. I know I found that very, very, very valuable. Um, yes, I needed that. I mean, right. my friend who who helped me. I mean, I, that's that's what helped me. Just seeing that that model and be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. I want that. Right. It, it calls you deeper, which I think that's interesting. I love the way that that uh, what that says about community and and how the body of Christ works. So, I want to ask you this question: Have you ever had a time since you came to faith where you felt like God was distant or far away after that? Or it sounds like you're pretty close, but sometimes we have this thing called the dark night of the soul or the spiritual desert. Have you ever been through one of those? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, I mean, let's see where I, I have, I've had a period where I thought, and it's probably when I, again, when I decided I don't, I'm not going to do that because I don't understand that. And it was during that period as well, where I was feeling, I felt, um, and when I felt, um, it wasn't, it's hard, this is hard because it wasn't necessarily that I felt like he wasn't there, but I did feel like, yeah, there was a little, it was a little distance. I didn't really understand what he was doing. It was a time when I moved, uh, from, uh, Ohio to Chicago and I was, and I was in Chicago. I didn't know anyone and I was going through a divorce and, uh, and I didn't, I was just like, I, 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 and all my family and friends, my support was here. I didn't, it was in Ohio. I didn't know anyone here. And I didn't understand why and how I didn't understand all of that. And so, um, and I just felt alone. Now he was present and he would, and, and I would, cause that, it, it was a time when I became much more dependent on my relationship with Christ. And, uh, but it was still a, a, it felt like a dark time and a, and a, a lonely time. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself through that period? Um, I learned, well, through that period, I learned a lot about God and I learned about myself. So what I learned and, and I, and I do believe that the more we learn about him, the more we also learn about ourselves. Uh, and, uh, but I learned about his faithfulness that even though I did not, I could not wrap my human brain around what was happening and I didn't understand and it didn't feel good. But I learned that even through that, he was good. His character didn't change. He was good still and he was faithful. And so I learned that, that goodness and faithfulness is not, it's not about getting what I want or what I, or not about having an outcome that I think I should have or, or the way it should be. Yeah. But it was really, and, and from that, I also learned about my faithfulness because I didn't, I didn't turn from him because I was disappointed about the outcome. I went towards him and pursued and asked him questions. And so that's where also I developed that deeper relationship with him. Mm. So, and, and just, 
I chose in that to stay connected and to cry out, to release uh, the pain, to really, you know, really like King David, what King David did. So um, I stayed engaged and he stayed engaged. Um, he's always engaged, but we, we are not always engaged. So I, I made the decision to stay engaged and to allow that to help me to understand more of who he is and more of who yeah. I am. Is there a story um, like and that about, includes my faith? Yeah. Well, there's just, is there a story about how you had to choose that? Like a, when you had to choose that? Um, how I had to choose that? Yeah, or when, like, yeah, when, so, like, just a kind of a more specific story that will kind of illustrate for us, I had to make this decision, and that was really me choosing to trust the Lord. Well, I had to make the decision to to forgive and not, uh, and, and even though I, I was upset, I was angry. Sure. I had to make the decision to forgive, and uh, and I had to make the decision to, again, to continue to pursue God's heart for me. I made the decision to stay, to stay in Illinois, and to not just go back to comfort like Ohio and say where that's where all my the people who I knew were, and and I made the decision to ask Him what, where, where where I ought to be and where he wants me and, and, um, and next steps. Uh, and, and then it was also scary because, because even, you know, I was going to be, uh, I, I had just finished school. So I was in the process of getting a job out here. So I'd make a decision. So, um, and I made the decision to, to connect with community and to join a small group in the church. And, and so to continue to, keep myself around people um, and in community, which is another thing that over the years he's revealed to me, you know, he said, you know, healing is in the connection. So uh, there is no true healing without being connected um, to community yeah. um, and in a community. So, so those are some, uh, and of this, and I had to keep, I had to make the decision to keep my mind that stayed on him. And that all kept me in peace. Um, and to stay yeah. in peace. So he, he kept me in peace. And I had to make the decision to believe him about who he was, even, even in going through this, this challenging time and not understanding to believe him that he is good, that to believe him that he is faithful. And he told me as I, again, as I, he said, and I keep my promises. Well, it was looking to me like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I did seek you out about, you know, who to marry. And I'm right. this is not looking like you're keeping up. But we, man and woman, don't always keep our promises. But he does. Amen. Uh, that actually is, yeah, that's really profound. So interesting. So in the middle of a, you know, of a situation where you're learning that, you know, not a, a human beings don't always keep our promises, you were having to trust that God was and would. And um, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, so powerful. I think that's that's just a normal experience in the Christian life. Um, certainly unique circumstances uh, in your life. But uh, that's, that's one of those things we can learn. So, friends, I just want to drive that home. If you are in a situation where, um, you know, you're not sure or you're maybe learning, uh, like Lisa did, that people don't always keep their promises and that troubles you, uh, remember that God keeps his promises and go back to him. Make those decisions like uh, Lisa did to go back and trust God and ask him where he wants you to go or what he wants you to do because it will make all the difference. So, Lisa, I want to talk um, about some kind of how you got into what you're doing today and and kind of the kind of ministries that you have. And I know that... Uh, you have a book. I want to talk about that as well. So give us kind of, bring us up to speed from, from that point till today. Okay, well, let's see. I'll start with, so I mentioned as far as just even the story, I'll, because I think the story around how I started even the private practice and doing, so I, I do have a private practice um, as a faith-based um, psychologist. And and I was, I, the way that came about, again, I was working in a school. I'd been, I'd been there for um, for 11 years. 
uh, in a therapeutic school. And, and the Holy Spirit said, your season here is done. And I knew, you know, he telling me, I'd say probably a couple years before, um, that it's coming to an end. But then it came to that point. It was like, okay, your season here is done. Now, it was not a comfortable time <laughs> um, or, or a, a convenient time for me. Uh, but, um, and I did not have like a website. He was telling me I was, now it's time to go and to just partner with Holy Spirit and go into private practice. I, my plan was that I was going to do that gradually. I was going to continue to work at the school and then build my private practice, you know, uh, part time and just kind of get to the place where it's like, okay. But it was like, no, it was like, no, it was an invitation. Again, I, I believe that he always invites us. There's never a force. So it was kind of like, this is the invitation that, that now is the time and, and to not, uh, to not wait on your understanding. So, so I did. So, and again, I encourage do not do that unless you are absolutely completely sure. Right. That it's him. So I say that. Yeah. And, but I did, I, I asked, I got lots of confirmation and I knew, okay, this is, I'm saying this, this is my time. It was scary, but I did. So I resigned, went into private practice and I tell you that's, that's a, that's a whole another story in of itself, which I won't spend a lot of time on, but I will say this, that he was faithful and um, so that's been about five years ago. And so I've been doing that since. And I'm completely, the freedom that I have and just in partnering completely with the Holy Spirit and uh, just in everything, in, in every session and in all of it. So that's, so that's one thing that I'm doing. And, uh, and just what I see, what he's doing in the lives of the people that just the transformation that we get to watch. And so that's awesome. The other thing that I'm doing is the, uh, the Holy Spirit camp. And that also started about five years ago around this, around, uh, started that about six months after. And this is, uh, where, again, we, we have gatherings and people who are hungry for, for more and who just want to, who know there's more, who, who want to pursue the more are coming together and we are just, we're interacting with the Holy Spirit. We're showing people how to have relationship conversations uh, and really how to live a life in partnership with the Holy Spirit, including uh, operating in the different um, gifts um, that, that we've been given. So we, we practice that in a safe atmosphere, prophecy uh, and, discernment and just prayer and worship and all that. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, as I mentioned before, the school of peace and connection. And that, that's, again, that's from, and, and really everything that I do, because right now he has me, he, he really has me, um, building, partnering with him to build community. Community is probably the most important thing to me right now. And, uh, even I have a, a, my own community group that we meet on Wednesday mornings and we're just, but the school of peace and connection is where, where there's principles, a different principle during the eight weeks, things like forgiveness or like letting go where I do a little teaching on it. That comes from the book that I have that, uh, that I have called healing Connections: reconciling a broken world to a holy and loving God. So we do that and then we do activities and basically the focus is on connecting with one another in that group, connecting with one another, building deeper, more intimate connections, uh, using these principles. And so that's exciting uh, because he says, again, healing is in the connection yeah. and, uh, and it's connection happens in community and we can't have true healing without the body being connected and being healthy. Uh, and so that's what, that's what we're doing there. And so that's, that's exciting. Yeah. I love that. And I like the idea of a Holy spirit camp because I think this is something it's hard, you know, you, you got to learn that together, right? You got to have some yeah. people to kind of teach you to, to listen to the Lord and, and, uh, or whatever your gifting is. Um, 
you really need to do it. And so in, interesting enough, you know, I think of when I was in seminary, I had people who were gifted at teaching, teaching me how to teach, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and when, uh, but when, you know, where are these places where you can go if you have a discernment gift um, to learn a biblical way to do it? Well, Holy Spirit Camp sound like, sounds like a place that uh, you can do that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what, and you, as you said, community, because like one of the, throughout the five weeks, we have different topics. One of them is unity yeah. and the body, we all need each other. And so in order for me to operate effectively, so he didn't give me uh, a dream interpretation just for myself. Right. He gave it for the body. So we all need each other. And, and, um, and so it's just a place where we're demonstrating, where we're just demonstrating. We're doing demonstrations, demonstrating um, the, the, the manifestation. Yeah, I like that. All right, friends. Uh, love, love with the foundation of love. Love. Okay. Oh, all right. I was going to wrap up, but I'm going to say something about that because um, I have been convinced that love is the goal of the spiritual journey. It is the end, right? And, and by the end, I mean the the outcome and the goal. Um, the what's the word? There's a word for that. There's probably another word. Um, it's the means. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, it's where we're trying to go. Actually, I think uh, union with God and love for Him and others is kind of the destination. And so, um, I love that. I think that's so super important. So the practices that bring us there um, are ones we should pursue if you want to keep going on your spiritual journey. Even if all your church is offering you is teaching, which a lot of evangelical churches do, that they kind of keep people in one stage of the journey because that's all they know to offer. But that's a whole different story for maybe another day. So Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Um, uh, friends, you can find links to everything that we talked about today at the show notes. Um, I definitely put that in here, link to Lisa's book, her website in the Holy spirit camps, which I find very fascinating. And so thank you very much, Lisa, anything you want to leave us with? Um, the only thing I want to leave you with is, is really kind of what we, what we just discussing. And that is, um, let love be the foundation. First uh, Corinthians 14 says, it says, pursue love. And I think uh, if you get nothing else that I said, because it's the foundation of everything um, that I do, because it's the foundation of God, is love. And he said, love God with all your heart, my soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we, as you were saying, Eric, if we keep love at the forefront, no matter what we're doing, the foundation the means to the end, the everything, mm-hmm. um, then we, we can't go wrong. That's it, friends. So, uh, love, yeah. love, so love. thank you for having me, Eric. Thank you for being here, Lisa. I appreciate it. Hey, my friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Halfway There. Do not forget, if you haven't already, Go out to Facebook and search up the Halfway There podcast page. Find the episode for episode number 150 the, the sh- where I share this episode and comment it. If you haven't liked the Halfway There podcast page on Facebook, go ahead and do that. And then comment on this episode and you'll be entered to win a free t-shirt. Can't wait. I hope to send you one. Uh, until next time, I guess, hey, keep the faith. Keep the faith.